Thank you so much for joining us today for our LifePoint podcast. At LifePoint, we believe everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and with God, anything's possible. Hope you enjoy. Well, good afternoon, everybody. How y'all doing? Everybody good? Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. My name is Danny Rivers, and I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. And thank you for being here in the room. Those of you who are going to see this or listen to this online, thank you so much as well. We're so glad you guys are here. Hey, right before I jump into the message, I, I want to say one thing. Um, over the last year or so, we've had a group of people uh, at part of our congregation that were here uh, preparing to start a church, and so they've been here uh, kind of learning some stuff and, and, and worshiping with us, and today uh, was their very first gathering ever. They're, they're, it's a brand new life-giving church called Home Church. Pastor Graylin Griffin has led worship here, has preached here. He and his team and his family and all of them started their very first day, and, and, and while I, why I'm telling you that is number one because it's awesome that a new church is being born in our community. We love all of our churches around us. We partner with so many of these people. We don't see ourselves as in competition with them. We see ourselves as people who are working together hand in hand. And so to have a church like that uh, going off is, is great. But here's the big part of it. You guys played a big role in that, whether you know you did or not, because we have invested in them in financial ways with equipment, with trailers, and just being there for them. And so I just want to say a big thank you. I, I saw a picture, because some of our team is there, I saw a picture, and the room was full today, and I'm so, so grateful to have gotten to be a small part in that. So I just want to say thank you to you guys for doing that. People are going to come to know Jesus. People are going to get saved. The gospel is going forward uh, because, you, because of you guys, and so thank you so much for that. We're, we're in this series that we're calling uh, Chasing Shadows. This is part three. Um, and, and because it's conceptual, I just want to kind of go backwards in case you haven't been here for it to tell you what it's about. I, I think it's true that in life, we will, people will, everybody will tend to pursue things um, in life, from life, that we hope, that we dream, that we believe will uh, fill us up, will take away the loneliness or the emptiness that we feel will give us joy, will give us peace, will give us the sense of security that we're longing for, and we will, we will pursue it oftentimes to a fault. And I will say for me, I told you this week one, um, wh- whatever happened in me growing up, I grew up feeling a, a little bit less than, a little bit like um, if I was gonna be a somebody, I was gonna have to succeed and accomplish so much. And so all of my life has been an attempt to succeed, to win. And and the best way I can tell you to to describe it is that I I always felt like I was trying to measure up to something that I couldn't measure up to. A couple years ago, I started asking myself, Danny, what what are you measuring up to? Who, Who are you trying to measure up to? And the answer was, I don't know. I don't know. And the best way I could describe it is it was like there was a shadow hanging over my life. Um, so that when I would get to a level or achieve or accomplish whatever it was I thought, if I can just get that, if I can just do that, then it was like it would just vaporize in front of me. I would never feel like I measured up, like I, like I fit in or, or whatever it was. Um, that was my story, but everybody's got one of these stories where we think someday when, someday if, and we get there and it doesn't quite measure up. And this is, I think, a little bit of what James 
was getting at in our key text, James, who is, the, by the way, the little brother of Jesus, half-brother of Jesus, he's writing to the church in Jerusalem to his fellow friends and believers who've, who've been scattered abroad um, by persecution, and, and he says to them, every good and perfect gift is from, say it with me, from, from above, and, and, and the, the good and the perfect gift is coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, lights are, are what create shadows. But this, this line, who does not change, who does not change like shifting shadows. And what we've been saying these past few weeks is that if I'm going to receive the things that my soul, that my heart longs for, not, not, not the things that I think, but the things my heart actually longs for, I'm going to have to look up. I'm going to have to look up. I, I've been looking around for accomplishments and accolades and people. I've looked within, but we're not gonna find it around. We're not gonna find it. And James says that the good and the perfect gift, um, the things that most matter come only from above. And he says from the Father who does not change like shifting shadows. What we said is that everybody, everybody on this planet, everybody, we have much that is we have in common. We tend to focus on what we have uh, that, is, that divides us, but, but we all have things in common, everybody on the planet, and, and there's much discussion, there's much studies that have been done, but I kind of summarized it with four statements, these, th- these, these things that we all need on some level, and, and I put a question to them. Number one, and we talked about this week one, is identity. This notion of who am I? Like, and, 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 and until we answer this question, we really can't answer these other questions, but, but what we told you is you can look around for identity, you can look inside for identity, but ultimately identity is one of those good and perfect things that comes from above, that Jesus says, you are mine. I, I, I belong to God, I, so I am, my, my, my name is Danny, I have all these things that would label me, but at the, at the baseline, I am a child of God. And then secondly, Pastor Andy delivered an amazing message, by the way, last week. If you missed that, go, please, go check that out, because it, it's amazing. He talked about purpose, and, and the question is, what am I here for? Like, what am I supposed to be doing on the planet? There was a book written by a pastor named Rick Warren in Southern California called The Purpose Driven Life. It sold 60 million copies. 60 million. Number one uh, selling, outside the Bible, the number one selling single book uh, at that point in, in, in history. And, and, and it was all about this notion of what am I here for? And then, the, and then today we're gonna go into this idea of security and safety. And the question we're gonna try to answer today is who's got my back? Who's got my back? Now, now before we get there, I want to go back to James just for a second. Because we've been reading verse 17. I want to show you verse 16 because it's so important. J- James says, don't be, say this with me, don't be deceived. Now, now notice this line. My, my dear brothers and sisters, people that he loves, people that he knows, people he's done life with, don't be deceived. And then he goes into this thing, every good and perfect gift is from above. The, the question is, why does James... James feel the need to tell them, and, and by extension us, not to be deceived. B- because it's in our nature, I think, to chase shadows, lesser things that we think are going to fill us up but won't fill us up the way we hope they, were, they, they will. And, and this passage, if you read the whole of James chapter 1, is about how sin evolves in, in, in a human life, how it goes from one thing to the next thing and becomes this full-blown thing. And, 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 and the, the notion is that sin it, it is always based on deception. 
Think about in, in the garden, Adam and Eve, right? The first sin ever was about a, a lie that they believed right? It's always a deception that, that, that if I get this, if I can just do this, and, and if I have this once, if I try this, if I go after him, go after her, this will fulfill, this will make me whole. And James says, don't be deceived by the shadows. Every good thing, every good gift and perfect gift comes from above, not from around, not from inside. And, and anything and anything else then other than the perfect and the good gift that God has for us will not satisfy our souls. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, that's a fact. Will not satisfy. So today I want to think about, about the safety, this notion of safety and security. And the, the question is, in this life, when things get hard, when life gets tough, who, who's got my back, right? Here, here's the truth, right? Everybody on this planet, everybody you've ever seen, everybody you've ever known, has some level of concern about the safety, uh, their own personal safety, the security of their families, uh, themselves, the people they love. There is real danger in this world, yes or no. There's real and present danger. So the need for us to feel safe and secure is is a real thing. In in fact, there there was a man named Abraham Maslow, uh, a psychologist in the early part of the 20th, uh, 20th century, who wrote this thing, this thesis, this notion, which we now call Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, of Human Needs. It's, it's a famous piece. And, and he said that, that human beings, that the very fundamental need that we all have is physiological, like food, clothing, water, shelter, air. We have to have these things or we cease to exist. But he said the next thing, the next highest level was safety and, and security. In fact, he says that when, you're, when you feel your safety is being threatened, your, the need for safety trumps all other needs. If you've ever been in a place that was dangerous or, or in a war area, some of you have served in the military, you, you weren't thinking, I'm, I'm hungry, I need a drink. You're thinking, I want to survive this moment. It trumps all other needs. So safety is probably a bigger deal than we have given it credit for. Who's got my back? I, I'm not sure if you, like, like, like I'll say it like this. Like, like it, for me as a dad, as a husband in my home, right, I, I always am worried about security. I have security lights on the outside. Come on. You, you put cameras up, right? Like if you're like me, you got a bunch of knives. Can I get an amen from somebody in your nighttime? You, you, if you're like me, come on, some of you probably have some other things in there that are better than knives. Can I get an amen on that? So like, it's like we live in Texas. Like in case there's a, 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 a raccoon on the back porch, I got I to gotta bust a cap off. It, it, okay, not really. <laughs> not really. But, but right, we're, we're concerned about safety. Like, like when I go out on a road trip with my family, you know, the first thing I do, we pray. We get in the car and we pray and I always forget to pray before we leave so I pray and so I have to drive with my eyes open and pray and I, I go, y'all close your eyes while I drive, right? Because that's about safety. Can I get an amen on that? And I pray the same prayer every time. Lord, keep us safe and help us to, and, and I pray this, this is probably not a good prayer but I say, God, help us to get good gas mileage. Come on, uh, anybody on this one, right? That's a good prayer. And then I also say this thing, Lord, Keep us safe. Keep our cars safe. Let the angels of the Lord ra- uh, be encamped around us. And, and Lord, and this is terrible, but I say this prayer. Lord, Lord, please blind the police uh, unless I need them. Come on. Like, Lord, like, and my, my daughter once said to me, Dad, it's not very pastory. You're praying that God would blind the police who are there to keep us safe. And I said, just temporarily while I pass by. Come on, so I can break the law. For, for Jesus, of course, you know. If you're an officer, I'm sorry. We really do appreciate you, right? I'm not sure if you've ever had um, one, one of these moments in life 
Maybe it's just me and maybe I'm weird. Probably I am. Don't, don't, don't answer that for me. Um, where you look around at your, at your people, at your friends, and you wonder, uh, who's gonna have my back if something goes down? I don't mean like in a fight, like, you know, like at a restaurant or at a ball game. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like if real things, real bad things happen in my life, who can I, who can I count on? I've had this happen just in this last year where I'm like, I wonder if these people that I've spent my life investing in friendships with them, if they would really have my back. And when, when I think of who's got my back, I can think of a couple of friends, two in particular, that I know would drop everything. If I called them and said, bro, I need you, I need your help, I need, they, they would come. There are, there are people that if certain things happen in my life, I can count on them. We, one of our ushers here, his name is Tony Barraza. He is an incredible plumber, so when the pipes break, come on, I'm calling Tony, and Tony comes, praise God for Tony, right? Uh, like, like when the AC goes down, I call my big brother. My big brother can fix anything, right? And he's free, can I get an amen on free, everybody? Free, free is good. I called him yesterday. Hey, John, the thing is leaking. I'll be there. He didn't come yet. Come on, he's coming though. I promise, I can, I can count on him. But, but then there's real life, right? What happens if I lose my job? This is all of us now. What if I can't pay my mortgage? What if the people that I love leave? Or what if somebody I love is lost? Who's got me in those moments? Because the, the truth is, is with hum, human beings, there are limitations that they have, right? We all have limitations. And, and, and we sort through our minds, like, who's going to have my back in the moments like that? And the truth is, is we really don't know, we really don't know until the worst happens. We don't really know who's gonna come through until we actually do fall or fail. Who, who will walk through the hard places with me? And, and then there's this idea, and, and maybe this is me taking it one layer too deep, I don't know. We wonder, like I know there are certain people who would come if life dealt me a bad blow or something bad happened to me, but, but then things get even more real when you start thinking, yeah, but what if I fall or fail because I did a bad thing? Who, who will have my back then? Who will walk with me through the shame or the pain or, or, or the guilt of that? And that number gets really, really small. The point is, is that when I consider safety and security as, as a motivating, they call it a motivating system in our lives that motivates us to do things, to think things, to try things, right? It, the thing is, we think about it through the lens of who's gonna have my back. Like, I'm gonna do everything I can to protect my home and protect my family. And protect, we should do everything we can, right? But at some point, there are things that happen in life that are bigger than us, and who is gonna be there when that happens? I think it's maybe a bigger question than we realize, who's got my back? And I, and, and I think in those moments, the big question becomes, can God be trusted? Can God be trusted? Like, I, I would say that most of us would say intellectually, yeah, of course. But the, 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 the other question is, will, will God have my back? Will God come through in the moments when life gets hard? L let me ask you to, to think about it this way. H who do you trust most in this life? H who do you trust most in this life? Like, in a practically speaking, is it, is it you? Like, some of you say, yeah, man, I trust me more than anybody. Is it your family? Is it... Is it your friends? Maybe it's not a who, but it's a what, right? 
what do you trust most in this life? And I think, I think we, we go through life and we think there are certain things that if we could have this, if we have more of that, more of that, we'll feel secure. So we, we think about money in that way. Like, who do I trust? Like, if I have enough money to be, we, the, the words are financially secure. But we found out through the last decade or so that that's kind of a myth, that, that very, very wealthy people who had more money than anybody thought has the right to have have lost it all like that because markets change and things crash and bad things go down. We think about people and we think people, if I, if, if I have the, the right amount of people, the right people with me, but sometimes people are limited by, but because they're not God. And sometimes people leave and we think jobs, if I have the right job, I can buy the right stuff, I can have the right things, I can be secure. Jobs come and go, houses come and go, relationships come and go, political forces, oh yeah, if we can get the right person in the right seat in the right office in the country or in the nation or the state or wherever, we found out that that doesn't really work as, as well as we think it should either. And, and, and so sometimes we think it's a who or we think it's a what, but James would say, don't be deceived. You should count on people. You'll have people that can love you. you. You can count on certain things, but at the end of the day, the ultimate trust, if it's placed in a who or a what, it'll let you down every single time. And most likely, it's not that just people will fail us. It's just that human beings can't fix everything that gets broken in this life right or wrong. They can't, no matter how bad they want to have your back and fix this and make it all go away, they can't. And James says, don't be deceived. Every good gift, the, the perfect, the real stuff that we only need, it only comes from above. And the one who gives us the gifts of identity and purpose is also the one who can give us safety and security. But there are challenges with this notion of, hey, it's God that has your back, right? There are challenges because the first challenge is simply that we can't see him. So like if, if things are going down and I'm looking for somebody to help and somebody to fix and somebody to come through and who has my back, I don't see him. The second challenge for some of us is that, hey, Danny, I, I wanna believe that you're right, that God has my back, but I prayed and I believed and I fasted and I believed, I had faith that God would answer this prayer and he didn't. I don't feel like he did. In fact, the other thing happened. And, 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 and if God has my back, Danny, then why, why did, is this happening in my life? And why did this happen? And why did, did this person leave? Or why did this person die? Why is this happening? What does it mean that God has my back if bad things are still happening to me, around me? And of course, then if it's, it's human nature. It's human nature for us to want to question these things like, what does this mean? This bad thing that happened to me, what does it mean and why did it happen? And, 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 and is, God, is it God punishing me? Is it the devil attacking me? Did, did God allow it? We, we want everything to mean something. We want certainty. We want clarity. We want nice little tidy answers to the hard things in life. And, and, and some of that's normal. Like if you read the Psalms, there's a bunch of why questions in there and why God and where God and are you there? There's a lot of that. That's normal. But I, but I think it's also, for me at least, an indicator of, of the level of spiritual immaturity still at work in my life. Because as I've gotten older, I'm 50 now, I realize we don't get all the answers to our questions. We don't get them. Like, and, and, and it's, it's, a, it's about the lack of, of Christ being formed in us or, or, or having happened. It's the thing, it's this notion that, that when bad things are happening in our life, have you ever noticed that Christians, we can, be the wor- we can say the worst stuff in, in, when times are, are hard and bad? We, we say dumb stuff that, like, we don't know what to say, so we're uncomfortable, so we feel like we have to say something, and so we offer up, like, cheesy, like, like, Christian bumper sticker theology. Come on, sorry if you have some of those, right? Like, or, or Christian t-shirt theology. And, and, and the truth is, 
bad stuff happens that we didn't deserve, yes or no? But here's another truth. Good, it's, they happen in the same way that good stuff happens that we also didn't deserve, right? Th- that's right, isn't it? We, we, we didn't deserve all the good or the bad stuff that happened, but still stuff happens. But we, we tend to want to look for quick answers and quick solutions to these big questions. We want a quick way out of the suffering or the, or the pain or the shame. And so we assume, we assume and we do this, we may not say it, but we think it. We assume God must not have my back because this thing happened to me. But listen to me, listen to me, that's not true. In fact, in fact, Jesus says to his own followers in John chapter 16, I want you to realize these 12 followers that he had following him around, these people left homes, they left their jobs, they left their life, and they went and followed him for three plus years. They slept out in the wilderness, they slept out under the stars, they didn't have food to eat sometimes, they suffered much, and here's what he says to them. He says, the time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be, say it with me, that doesn't sound safe to me, you're going to be scattered, fellas, and, you're going to, and, you're going to, and, and what he's saying is you're going to run away. You're going to run. And he says, each of you to your own. You're going to run away from me. You're going to scatter to your own homes. And, and, and listen, he says, you're going to leave me all alone. You're going to say to me, Peter, you're going to say, I've got your back. I'll die for you, but you're going to deny me. You're going to leave me all alone. And yet, he says, and this is the key, everybody, I am not alone, for my Father is with me. He says, now I've told you these things so that in me, in Jesus, you may have what? Peace. Where does peace come from? Everybody, it comes from Jesus. And then he finishes the verse 33. In this world, now he could have said in this life, he could have said in this, this plane of existence, but he chose this word world, and I'll explain it in a minute. In this world, you what? Will have what? Trouble. But take heart, exclamation point. Notice that. I have overcome the world. You will have trouble. And he says to his own followers, you're gonna, you're gonna run from me, you're gonna scatter, you're gonna promise to have my back and you're not gonna have my back. And my father is with me. And the thing about Jesus is he had such a, an insight into the love of his heavenly father and this is exactly what you and I are going to have to learn by the help of reading God's word and, 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 and immersing ourselves in the scriptures and, and worship and in prayer. We're gonna have to come to know that the, where, where peace gets found is, is in Jesus. It's not coming from around you, from jobs, from money, from your, your health, whether it's good or bad, or your own security systems. The gift of peace only comes from above. And Jesus says, in this world... Now, what he means here, this is a big idea. By saying this world, he's implying that there is a physical world and there is a spiritual world. There are two realities that overlap each other at the same time. In this world, this world is this this physical world where we see, eat, feel, taste, experience. Uh, We suffer. We have joy. He says, in this world, you will have trouble. And he's contrasting this world with the world that he is emerging with, the, the kingdom of God, ultimately heaven someday. There is a physical world. There is a 
spiritual reality. Uh, and, 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 and he says that that, that world is, has no end, uh, that, that it's beautiful in every way. The, the, that world that he was bringing in and, and this world that is broken and sometimes jacked up and out of sorts, he says that, that, that in this world, you will have trouble. Jesus says, I wanna be real with you. In your present world, it may not be now, I hope it's not. It may not come soon, but if you've lived long enough, you can say amen to this, trouble comes. I'm not talking about lost my keys. I'm not talking about can't find my wallet. I'm not talking about forgot to pay the Amex bill or whatever, I'm talking about real trouble. Do you know what I'm saying, everybody? In this life, you have it. And, 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 and what Jesus is saying, that the fact that sometimes bad stuff is gonna go down in your life is not evidence that I don't have your back. It's not the evidence that you're looking for that I don't have your back. I'm going to give you peace because I have overcome the world. And listen, when you're going, I don't know, I need peace. I don't know where it comes from. Jesus tells you where it comes from. It comes from uh, above. And, and there are these two overlapping realities in, in our world right now. One is that God is sovereign. You believe that? He is utterly in control, but there's another th truth that happens that the world is still in chaos. Like one seems to discount the other, but they don't c contradict each other. There are two realities at work at the same time. And he concludes this statement with, but take heart, exclamation point. I have overcome the world. This isn't a cheesy bumper sticker. Like this is Jesus Christ, savior of the world, saying to us, take heart. You, you put your hope in anything else, you're gonna find out how hard uh, uh, that it, and ultimately how shallow it is. It's a shadow. Peace comes from me. The same world that is filled with pain and trouble and turmoil and, 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 and joy and beauty, I've overcome that. I've got your back. I'm Jesus and I've got your back no matter what it looks like. But, but, but what does it mean if I say to you, hey everybody, God's got your back and you're like, yeah, come on. But what does it mean? What does it mean? At a practical level, what does that mean? It can, it can mean a lot of things, right? But, but when, I think about, when I think about what I mean by wh who's got my back, I'm thinking about proximity. I'm thinking about presence. That God, in the trouble, in the chaos, in the pain, that God has, is there. That he's with me in the darkness. It's an image of presence. I, I think, let's think about it like this. When life gets hard in your life, and you say, man, that person really had my back in those, that season, what did you mean by that? Does it mean that they swept in and, and and fixed all your problems, that they made everything go away? No. That doesn't mean they didn't do, they, they might have done something to help, they did whatever they could to help you, but what it means is when you were sick in that hospital, they were there. When you were wondering if I'm gonna live through this moment, that person was there, they were present. They, they didn't have all the right words, they didn't know what to say, they couldn't make it all go away, but they were there. But we tend to think, well, God, if God shows up, he's gonna magic away all the problems. Listen, sometimes he does. Sometimes he heals. Sometimes he delivers. Sometimes he sets free. Often he does. But he doesn't promise that he's coming to wipe away all of the stuff that's happened in your life. What he does promise is proximity. Do you remember Psalm 23? That great Psalm of David that's been, that's been prayed over and, and, and quoted. Da David says that that, that he says, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
He maketh me to lie down where? In green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters, the quiet waters, the waters of rest, literally. He, he restores my soul there. He says he leads me along the paths of, righteous, for, of righteousness for his name's sake. But he wasn't done there with all of that beauty. It's like, wow, God is awesome. He, he, I shall not want. I got all this stuff. But then verse four, and even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Presence. Proximity. What does that mean, Danny? What, how does that help me? That means that if your marriage is hanging by a thread right now, listen to me. God is close. He's not uninvolved in your marriage right now. If you're struggling with a disease that is threatening to suck the life out of you or the people that you love, God is not distant. If there's infertility or dementia or chemo in your life or in your story and you feel God's forgotten me and he hasn't remembered me, he has not forgotten you. The Lord is your shepherd. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And I know that's easy for me to say because I may not be going through what you're going through right now, but I have been, listen, I have been in some dark valleys, I promise you. And I have wondered myself about the nearness of God. And I have wondered myself, uh, does God have my back? Is it wrong for me to tell you that, that I have wondered in my own life, God, do you know who I am? Like, like as the pastor of this church, I'm just being honest. Like there are moments where I'm like, I don't know where you are right now. Listen, I think, that, why do you think David wrote this? Because I think he'd experienced that as well. And he's writing this perhaps as a way of reminding himself that even though, or, 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 or rather, even when I'm walking through these d- dark places, especially then, you are with me. Psalm 34, verse uh, 18, he says, the Lord is close to the, the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are Crushed. Not everybody's experienced this right here. Crushed. But some of you have. And God says, the psalmist says through, God says through the psalmist that he's close in those moments. But, but I have to remind us this detail because we're wondering who has my back and, and how do I know he has my back? I have to tell you this detail when, yes, God leads us and guides us to green pastures. Yes, he guides us down through the still waters along the paths of righteousness, but he also leads us through the dark valleys. All of these things are true of God. And if you've lived for God, you know this to be true. And and I think we want nice little tidy answers about why this happened and why did this go down. But listen, truth is, I, I hate to tell you, we don't always get answers. We don't always get nice answers. I've said this before. We don't always get answers, but we always get promises. Promises for what? proximity I'm close I love you I will walk with you through this it could be painful but we're going to make it through the promise is proximity and presence and comfort when life hurts when life gets scary and yes sometimes he spares us the pain he heals he delivers he sets free he does that often but honestly sometimes he just walks with us through the pain and the trial promising We'll make it through. In fact, when Jesus is about to leave his disciples, if you remember this detail, he says to them, I'm not gonna leave you, I'm not gonna leave you alone. I'm not gonna orphan you is how he says it. He says, I'm gonna send you the 
comforter, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God, he says, I'm gonna leave, the Holy Spirit's gonna come. He's gonna be in you. He's gonna come on you. He's gonna empower you. He's gonna lead you. He's gonna guide you. Now, let me tell you why that's important because there are times in life when you will not feel the closeness, the nearness of God. You won't feel that. And you have to know Jesus promised me that he's close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. He has sent me the the comforter. And because he's with you, and because he's for you, you can rest and you can feel safe and secure even in the trouble. You can feel safe and secure. In fact, there's this place in John's gospel. John's gospel is where Jesus declares seven I am statements. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. In another place, he says, I am the good shepherd in John 10. And, and he's describing what that looks like. And he says, the gatekeeper opens the gate of the, of the sheep pen for him and the sheep listen to his voice. I, I think part of us growing up in faith is learning to discern and hear the voice of God. I, don't, I know that some of you don't know that you're capable of hearing the voice of God but part of the way we come to know how to hear the voice of God is also through proximity, that we seek him out in the word of the Lord, that we seek him out on our knees in prayer, that we seek him out maybe with hands raised in a worship gathering like we're in right now, and and we draw close. And then he says, he calls his own sheep by what? By name, like he knows your name, and, and he leads them out, leads them out of where? The, the sheep pen, the safety where they're safe and secure, he leads them out. And when he has brought out all of his own, he goes on a, ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Now, you can read that and go, well, that's neat, Danny. No, no, it's more than neat. Let me tell you why. Because in verse 10, he says that the thief, your spiritual ad- adversary, is out like, like, a, like in, in Peter, he says, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He says the thief has come to steal, kill, and what? Destroy. Do, do you see why safety is such a critical thing? Not only is this world filled with trouble, but you have a spiritual adversary who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Verse 12, he said, like, like a wolf that is coming to scatter and grab. So there's real danger, both physically and spiritually, in our lives. There's a real need for security and safety. And he says, but, but, but that he, he says when we go out into it, that he's going to go out ahead of us, and, he, and he's gonna lead us out. And when we're out there, he won't even call us out, but when he does, he'll call us out by name. And in verse 27, he says this amazing thing. I'm not gonna put it here, but verse 27, he says, my sheep, they listen to my voice. He says, I know them, they, they follow me, I give them eternal life. He says, and they shall never perish. And then he says this, he says, and no one will snatch them out of my hands. No one will snatch them out. And he says, and he says, and my father who has given them to me, these sheep, you and me, he says, is greater than all. And he says, and no one can snatch them out of my father's hand. Meaning, meaning, like you can look around, you can do your best for security and safety. You can put your hope and trust in all these things. But at the end of the day, it's an old saying, but it's a true saying. There is no safer place to be than in the hands of of a loving father where no one can snatch you out of his hands. This is the picture that Jesus is giving here. 
If you got a mountain to climb, I'll be there ahead of you. If you got a pathway to go, I'll walk it out in front of you. I'll call you. God's a hundred steps ahead. Look, look, look around you right now. Like, I'm not talking about physically in this room. I'm just talking about look around you in life. Look at you. Look at your strengths, your talents, your abilities, your intelligence, your sensibility, your money, your might. Look at, look at the might of her around you. I think we have the greatest military in all of the world. I think we have an incredible police force. We have Bear County and SAPD. We have the constables out front right now. They're incredible. But with all of their might together, is there real danger and present danger? Yes. Look at your might. Is it enough? Do you have, do you have what it takes to keep you and yours from all of the harm that's out there in this world, to keep everybody from all danger? The answer is, for me, for you, no. I'm going to have to trust someone. But if I'm going to trust someone, I, I need to know that they tell me the truth. They don't sugarcoat it, they tell me the truth. I, I, I need to know that they're going to always do what is right and what is just. I may not like what they always do, but they're going to do what's right and just. And, and then I need to know that this person is reliable and dependable, that they will do what they said they will do. And, and, and the psalmist says in Psalm 33, for the word of the Lord is, say it with me, is, is right, is true, and, and he is what? Faithful in all he does. This is the character and the nature of the God that we serve. Three things that we learn from this. Number one, God cannot do the wrong thing. He cannot make a mistake. N number two, God, the Bible says God cannot lie. He cannot lie. And thirdly, that God never breaks his promises. Listen to me, never. He is unswervingly faithful to his word, to his promises. So, what does his word say? Will you open your heart for a moment? Will you open your mind and receive what God's word says? Here it is. The Lord is the one, say it with me, who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Next verse. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight on your behalf. Next one. Psalm 139, you, David says, you go before me and you follow me. He leads the way and he's got my back. You, you place your hand of blessing on my head. Next verse. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. Listen, the word of the Lord for some of you is you're frenetic trying to figure this out, trying to work it out, trying to make it happen, trying to manipulate, and God says, no, 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 no. The Lord himself will fight for you. The Lord himself will give the job that you need. The Lord himself will provide the right person for you. The Lord himself will make a way out of nowhere way. You only need to be still. Next verse. What then, Paul says, shall we say in response to these things, if God is what? For us, who can be against us? Next verse. Have I not commanded you? 
Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid and do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Next verse. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Next verse. But you will not leave in haste or go in flight for the Lord will go before you. The God of Israel will be your rear guard. Before and behind. Hebrews says that the angels of the Lord encamp around those who fear God. In fact, it says he gives his angels charge over you. Like, I love that picture. Like, I don't really want to see all of them surrounding me. Can I get an amen on somebody? But I'm glad to know. Praise God, nobody laughed on that one. Anyways, but I'm glad to know that they are there. And here's where we land. Here's where we finish, right here. How is it that Jesus could step into the crucifixion? How is it that he could do that? There's a lot of reasons why he could step into that, but one of them was that he he knew and he trusted his father's love for him. Everybody else is gonna walk. You're gonna scatter. You're gonna run for your lives, but I will not be alone. My father is with me. See, you and I, and I'm, guys, I'm I'm still in process on this. I promise you. There were some things that I learned about God that was malformed when I was growing up and I'm still trying to get this right. We have to know the love of God, the Father for us. We have to come to know this. In fact, Paul says in Ephesians 3, he's praying this amazing prayer, and he says, and and I pray for you that you be rooted and grounded in love, that you would grasp with all of the Lord's people how, how high, how wide, how deep is the love of God towards you. This is what he prays for them. That, we, that, that, we, that when we come to know the great love of God in the trouble, in the insecurity, in the fear, in the sickness, in the divorce, in the pain, in, in the wondering, we rest and we have peace because we are safe in the arms of our God. And I think what God says to us through all these texts and more that I could have read, I could have spent the next 10 minutes reading verses just like that one. God says that no matter what you're going through, I'm here with you and I'm for you and we will figure this out. If it's sickness, I'm with you and I can heal. If it's depression that feels isolating and like you're in the cave of darkness, I'm here. If it's mental health struggles and more than ever before, we're facing those right now. You're not alone. If it's a financial crisis and you go, I don't know how this is gonna work out, it's gonna be okay. If it's your kids are struggling and you don't know what to do about where they're at, God says, I see them. I love them. I love them, in fact, more than you do. I know it's hard for you to imagine. I love them more than you do. I have a plan. I'm holding their hands even if they don't know it. If it's, if it's suicidal thoughts. God says, I love you, I saw you before the world was formed. Ephesians 2 says, before the world was formed, he wrote out every page of your life. You are needed, you are loved, your family needs you, your friends need you, your people need you. Now, you know what, this past week, we're in this series, um, in a, in a, we have a small group on Thursday nights here in the, in, in the, in the growth track room, there's like 24, 25 of us and we're going through this study. It's amazing. And at the end of the study, there were some words and I just stood up and I read them over, our, our, over the group. 
And I saw many of them, myself included, just moved emotionally by, by these words from Father, our Heavenly Father. You know, I know it's true for some of you that whether they meant to or not, sometimes parents say stuff. And so you're like, we didn't plan for you. You were, a, you were an oops baby or, or maybe they said you were a mistake and God would say, he makes no mistakes. You were planned by God. You were loved by God. Sir, you're a good man. I don't mean you're a good man and that you're good enough to get to heaven on your own. You need Jesus just like I do. But I mean in this life, in this world, you're a good person. You're a good mother, ma'am. You're a good father, sir. You're a good daughter. You're a good son. I'm not saying you got it all perfect. I'm not saying you got it all right. But I know how very much this world takes out of us. I know how people, even well-intentioned people, can poke holes in your heart so it feels like all the good leaks out of you. And I'm here to say to you, your heavenly Father loves you so, so much. And I just speak the love of the Father over your heart and over your mind. And God says no matter what happens, no matter what's happening around you, no matter what's happening to you, I have your back. See, this life is not all there is, everybody. The Bible says that one day we're gonna step from this plane of existence into another one, that overlapping reality that I was just talking about. And because you follow Jesus, and because you gave your heart to Jesus, and because you trusted Jesus, you know what happens at the end when you step foot from this life to the next? Somewhere along the way, well done, good and faithful servant. Welcome home. And, and John says, John says in Revelation, he says in that, that reality, which is more real than this one, I promise you, in that reality, there is no more death. There is no more sickness. Come on, it says that God himself will wipe away every tear from your eyes. God will himself. and He will welcome you home where you are safe and secure forever from all harm. The good and the perfect comes only from above, from the Father of the heavenly lights with whom there is no change, neither shifting of shadows. Do you believe that? Do you receive that today? So Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you, Lord, and I know, I know, most of us are doing great right now. Life is good. Thank God for that. These are the best days for some of us. That's amazing. So grateful. But there are others, Lord, who are hurting, who are broken, who wonder, does anybody have my back? Does anybody see me? Does anybody know what I'm going through? Does anybody, can anybody feel what I feel? Has anybody been where I'm at? We wonder this. My prayer is that nobody's feeling that, but I know, I know. I know life. I know people. 
There are people in this room who wonder, does God have a plan for my life? Does God have anything left for me? Does God hear me? Does God love me? Does God know me? Does anybody have my back? The word of the Lord is, do not let the troubles of this life that are certain to come for everyone convince you that I don't have your back. Be still and know that I am God. For every broken heart, for every wounded soul, for every person dealing with a father wound, for every person, God, it pains me to say this, but for every person in this room who's considered or has thought about suicide as the way out, God, I pray that they would know how deep, how wide, how great is the love of their Father. That He has a plan, that He has a way out, that it does not look like what they're dreaming about, what the enemy has put in their heart. God, give them the ability to see, like Paul said, the depth that they might grasp, that they might take hold of how great the love of God is. That they might see that the people around them, even in this room, can come right beside them, come alongside them. That there are people in this room that when the church is being done right, and I don't know that we're here yet, God, but when we get this right, the place where people have your back the most is right in the family of God. Help us, God, to be that, I pray. Give us this, this sense, this nearness, this proximity, this presence that you are with us even in our dark valleys. I pray this. The great love of God over every person. The favor of God over every person. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this ministry has impacted you in any way and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, please visit lifepointsa.com slash give to make a donation. We hope you have a great rest of your week and we hope to see you soon at one of our Sunday worship experiences. God bless.